0: Greetings one and all, wherever you are in the universe, metaverse, or Rainbow, and welcome to the latest episode of An Expresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges, taboos, and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly, and proudly. It's time for you to go and grab yourself a coffee and settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths. And today we'll be talking all about body confidence from a male perspective. So, we live in a world where we're surrounded by the image of the perfect body. Ladies are encouraged to be stick thin, buy loads of cosmetics to retain their youthful beauty. There are loads of diet plans and health clubs out there to make sure that happens. It's a multi billion dollar industry. The same goes for men that are often sold this image of super buff, alpha male, modern day versions of Conan the Barbarian. People feel they need to look this way and when they don't, their confidence suffers. And they often find comfort in bad habits, moving into this vicious circle. So who better to talk to about this and Mark Charters, the founder of Only Dads, who inspires dads to regain body confidence by reprogramming mind and body habits, so they can live a more fulfilling and healthier lifestyle.
1: Hey, Mark, how's it going? Yeah, very well. Ash, thank you, and yourself. Fabulous, fabulous, as always. Fabulous. Master of awesomeness. Absolutely,
0: bringing the awesome to Absolutely. a universe near you. You are indeed. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to be here, mate. Thank you for having me absolute pleasure mate so for for the listeners could you just say a quick hello to them and uh, say who you are
1: yeah hello everybody so i'm mark and i'm the founder of only dads um i'm 32 i'm a father of 3 uh and we are digital nomads as well which is a little bit different um and it was it was that journey really that um inspired me now to do to do what i'm doing i th- i think having that time away from mainstream life the nine to five to understand more about your own identity and, and well-being has led us to where we are now and it and it led to it led to only dads
0: awesome awesome so
1: so you've talked a little bit about what inspired the starting of only dads but
0: why specifically dads and and body confidence what led well, you into that
1: i think it's very important when you start a venture into coaching, mentoring, that sort of sphere, whatever the subject, you have to have a personal experience in what it is that you are preaching. So I'm an advocate of knowledge. I'm an advocate of education. I'm an advocate addu- of experience in a, in a certain topic. And, and I think unless you have walked in those shoes, are you truly qualified to to lecture other people on it. Do you fully understand? Do you do you emotionally connect to them? So for me, it felt like a logical step because I spent years in my teens, early twenties, um bouncing around gyms. I studied sports science. I was incredibly fit up until I was about 25, 26, when we had our first son. And all that all that knowledge and years spent in the gyms didn't save me then. So uh, I feel like with that experience now, I have a, a well-rounded perspective in which I can, I can genuinely help people by genuinely understanding where they are.
0: Yeah, I hear you with that, man. That walking, walking in someone else's shoes, actually seeing it, I think that's super mm. important.
2: Mm.
0: You know, irrespective of whatever coaching field you're talking about, that, yeah. that knowledge, I've been there. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is what I did and what I've learned along the way. So. Yeah. I feel your pain. I hear you. So yeah. like body confidence though, I think we this is a term that I'd never really heard about until recently. It's it's something that seemed to crop up and it was something that always used to be more associated with females, I think. You know, there was a lot of that thrown around with that. So it's only recently I've seen it thrown around in, in with, with guys as well. Hmm. But how how would you define that? What
1: what is body confidence? It's a very difficult one to answer, isn't it, Ashley? I think it's completely different for every individual. We all find comfort and discomfort in our own skin. And um, one thing I, I do believe is that there are people out there, you know, dads out there, big guys. They're very comfortable in their own skin. They're very confident. They wear it well. And they're happy and proud of who they are. So confidence, I don't think, relates to a certain body shape. and. I think it comes down to, in a sense, I think something that's developed recently is this body dysmorphia. Yeah. And we often have this distorted image of ourselves and and that isn't always, if you're unhealthy, I mean, you hear of this in like the, the bodybuilding sphere, these guys are huge, they look immaculate and still are not satisfied with their bodies or still don't think that they look how they should. So... Body confidence is something that I believe everybody should own in their own right. But from my own experience and what has led to doing what I'm doing now is that I know that when I have been overweight, my confidence is hugely affected. My self-confidence, my mental state is massively affected. And that's what it became for me, a fact that that lack of pride in myself and my body affected every other aspect of my life
2: okay
0: yeah it has a ripple effect right either way yeah
1: yeah yeah, it does it does and um i'd even say now i still struggle with body confidence in a respect you know i i think that it leaves mental scars when you have been out of shape or what you perceive to be out of Mm -hmm. shape but but that's normally from external sources. That's normally from other comments that people make or comparison to other people, say, in the, in the media or in the gym or whatever that might be. I mean, that, that's something that I've been speaking to some people about lately is lots of people are actually a bit hesitant to get in the gym because they yeah. think that everybody that goes in the gym is really fit and muscular <laughs> and athletic and whatever. And, and it's just not the case. and. The fact is, yes, you will always have those people in gyms because that's why they look the way they do. But most people in there are simply trying to get healthier, get fitter, you know, lose some weight or even gain some weight. You know, we mustn't miss the other side of this conversation. And I would say that if it if it is that environment that is concerning you, or you're thinking, oh, you know, these people in there who look this way. Well, don't forget that they, they got that way because they're in there working hard, yeah? Yeah. So you should admire them as well. And you can't then put them down for being confident in the way they look.
0: Yeah, very true. There's a couple of things that come up for me there. You know, there's that constant, like, you see somebody where they're at now and you just assume they've always been there. and It's like, yeah, well, that's... I want that now. Mm. It's like, well... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> that's not, not how it's work. gonna work yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. and also i just wanted to reflect a little bit on that body image and, and, and all of that certainly for me just from my personal expe- perspective you know i've always been skinny and people have always made comments about that especially when i go i have this tendency to fluctuate between skinny and very 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 skinny <laughs> it's just my cycle yeah. I'm not there now, but I was
1: a couple of years back, and people oh. were just like, "Are you ill, Ashley? Are you ill?" Charming. It's like well, it's not helpful, is it? No, it's not. It's not. No, and that—that's that, something that surprises me—is that I mean, I I could not dream of making a, a comment in that capacity <laughs> based on someone's physical appearance. Yeah, and it amazes me still that people do, and especially. Uh, if I speak about it from my experience and perspective in terms of being overweight, if you believe what the media tells us, the, the, the majority now of adults in the Western world are overweight mm-hmm. and we still have a society that fat shames. Yeah. So normally when we speak of shaming, we consider those being shamed as the minority stereotypically. So in that perspective it 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 never fails to amaze me i, I just think uh, sorry i should say it does amaze me not never fails to amaze me that that we still that we still have this my message is not that being overweight is bad if you are overweight and you are comfortable and you enjoy your food then you know I, i'm all for that if you're if you're genuinely happy and confident but i know that i cannot be alone in being that dad or that man that had put on all that weight, feeling totally lost, feeling like they'd lost their identity and, and needed some help and needed to, needed to make a change. I hear that. I've heard that a lot over the years when people have um,
0: had changes, not, not just physically, it could be mentally, like as a result of stress and stuff, but that, that, that feeling when they've looked in the mirror and gone, who the hell is that? Yeah. Yes, and feeling feeling lost and, yes. and not sure who they are, mm-hmm. and then they're surrounded by this narrative that okay, well, you need to lose weight or you need to look a certain way. Mm. I mean, you just end up in this this you know this cycle, and as you know, it's it's just so subjective. There's different things that you could be doing. Mm. So if you know, for anyone who's there right now, that it's maybe they're looking at themselves and thinking, you know what? I don't recognize myself anymore, but I don't want to look like that, you know, super buff, big, huge six pack. I don't care about that. Like, like for me, for example, I don't care about that. I'm happy with my body shape, but you know, for anybody that's like in that place where they're thinking, you know what, I do want to make a change. I'm not happy with where I'm at,
1: Mm. but
0: I don't want to go where the fitness industry is telling me I need to go, or I don't Mm want to go where social media is telling me where I need to be. What advice would you give to, to people that are in that
1: place? Yeah, so it, it has to be relative to their own lifestyle, doesn't it? Their own, yeah. their own dynamic, the family dynamic. From a dad's perspective, is it always practical to um, eat, say, four or five meals a day that are separate to the meals of what you would have to cook for your family? Is that affordable? Do you have the time? Is it, can you get to a gym? four or five days a week it's following this that the mainstream advice is far too generic and it's totally unhelpful because it it breeds a a feeling within you that well if I can't tick all these boxes what's the point of me doing it um a a good one I think from from a parent's perspective is sleep so we all know that sleep is immensely important for 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 all sorts of reasons And I'll be the first person to say, yeah, you should be getting eight, nine hours of good quality sleep. a night. of course you should, but as a parent, that is not always possible. I mean, look at the bags under my eyes, you know, I've, I've still got three kids, you know, I don't sleep well every night. I am sometimes woken up in the early hours. I sometimes wake up with kids on my face at half five in the morning, trying to get in the bed, you know, it happens, but so I can't always tick that box. You know, maybe three or four nights a week I'm ticking that box. But does that mean that I can't be involved? Does that mean I can't improve my body? Well, it doesn't, no. So my, my advice, you have to look at what you can control in your life. What are the variables that you can control in terms of sleep, food, training, your general expenditure and your general lifestyle and tick as many of those boxes as you can because... Hmm that's better than ticking no boxes at all right it's a step in the right direction
0: oh absolutely mm. absolutely and, and and talking about steps one of the things I see a lot on in, in any area really w- regarding fitness and health and weight body image look all of that stuff is this obsession with like quick fixes mm. like I'm going to follow this diet plan all mm-hmm. this health rate gene and yeah, they may have results in the short term, but in the mm-hmm. long term, they're like, they do it for 30 days. Let's just say it's a 30 day intensive. They mm-hmm. do it. It's brilliant. And then the moment it finishes, they're straight back to the bad habits. Yeah. So what what do people need to focus on really to facilitate this longer term change? So you, you focus then a little bit about on the, okay, this is how you make it fit within your life.
1: Mm. But what, what, what can they do to make these changes, like, stick? Mm-hmm. Well, the most key element, Ash, is seeking out sustainability, isn't it? With, with anything you do in your life. So these quick fixes that the fitness industry makes, you know, billions of pounds, dollars off every year, our, our minds are hardwired to seek out the easiest path to a, to a, a given goal. Yeah. A given yep. trophy. And this, the fitness industry in that respect is so clever. And that's why you, when you see the, the front covers of these magazines, six weeks, six packs, and you know, 12 weeks, summer body, all that sort of stuff. Who is that? Who is that speaking to? Because I was 18 and a half stone, mm-hmm. right? There was no way in six weeks I was having, I was getting a six pack. There was no way in 12 weeks I was beach body ready. You know, it's, it's insane. And I understand why people buy into it because people's lives are busy. They want as little disruption as possible and they want a quick fix. But as with anything in life, if you seek to fix it quickly, you fail to underpin the foundations Mm. of that identity and what led you there in the first place. So the first thing has to be to consider who are you? What is your identity? So I went through this phase because throughout my later years of high school, I was overweight and that did me some damage. Mm -hmm. And from the age of 16 onwards, I was probably a bit obsessive with fitness For probably that decade, I probably had one or two times where I fell off that path, but I was quite obsessive and that is just as unhealthy as not giving a damn at all. You have to understand who are you? Who do you want to be? Do you want to be fit? Do you want to take pride in your body in that capacity? Or are you at a point in your life where you're saying, do you know what? I'm a dad. I'm a parent. I work all week, I enjoy my food, I like my beers at the weekend, you know, maybe I smoke because that's my thing. You're like, there's no, there is nothing wrong with that. You you have to understand who do you want to be and when you start to understand the traits of that identity and you start to understand, okay, people who, who identify as this, what do they do, where do they go, how do they live, and then how that fits into your family dynamic because. It should never come at the expense of your existing uh, lifestyle
0: to a degree. Yeah, I'm with that. From I mean, your linguistic programming point of view, we always say like we look at the mindset area, and that there's always a positive intention behind any action. Yes, um, <clears throat> I know. In a lot of cases, when it comes to the the weight people put on weight usually sometimes as a defensive mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's providing comfort for maybe a distressing situation. Mm-hmm. Um, helps them to not be seen or perceived. Um, on the other hand, when people are like just super obsessive about things, mm-hmm. well, this brings me joy. So I don't have to deal with maybe that side mm-hmm. of things. So ultimately, mm-hmm. it's usually a distraction um, from what? what it is you truly want so that that fundamental belief anything in life starts with believing in in knowing in who you are and it's mm-hmm. a question that freaks people out when mm-hmm. you ask them like so who are you i'm a dad yes well no, no that's not what i asked no I mean, that's what you yeah that's like who are you not what, what yeah. what's your job yeah who are you yeah yeah so in terms of that like In terms of managing your weight or your body confidence or even just your confidence in general, Mm. you know, what role does mindset play in that for you with with the work that you've
1: done and the work that you help Mm. your
0: your clients with? Mm.
1: Um, Your mindset is everything. Your body follows. Your, Your body is a vessel controlled by your your mind and your soul, you know, if you believe it in that spiritual capacity, uh, which I think is helpful to do. I do. And I, and I think that's something that people should explore. Um, I think the main hurdle when it comes to mindset is that, well, this is actually life in general. We seek perfection. So you and I, you have, you speak about this with creating videos. Yep. you and I have had this conversation before about seeking perfection. Well, perfection in itself is an illusion, because what is perfect to you is not to me. The perfect body to you is not the perfect body to me. Um, you know th- th- this c- This can be said of you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. We don't all look at the same person and think the same thoughts about them in, in terms of their physical appearance or how attractive they are. So understanding that your pursuit of perfection is first of all, only yours, it's only your perspective. Second of all, it's, it's probably unhealthy because mm-hmm. you could sacrifice an awful lot of things in your life in pursuit of that, which will cause you more harm than good example food so i'm an i'm an advocate as a family man i'm an advocate of people eating together Um, especially in the evenings i think that life is busy breakfast can be a rush lunch can be a rush lunch often families are separated anyway with work and Mm -hmm. school and, and whatever else so that evening meal brings people together so if you are obsessed with counting every calorie every day eating perfectly every day. Do you not think that your time could be well spent eating with your family, having fun and and enjoying the rest that life has to offer? I think there is a balance. And Mm. for that reason, I, I believe that if you can get it right eight times out of 10, that is enough to succeed. And I understand that when people go more elite in terms of, shall we say, professional bodybuilding or professional sport, they don't have that that same level of tolerance shall we say Mm -hmm. in their wheat but but they have a very specific goal for a very specific reason and often it's how they make their living so that is a a necessary sacrifice but shall we say for an average man you can still be in great shape if Mm -hmm. you eat correctly i use correctly in a a personal perspective because that's not a blanket statement sure um 80% 80% of the time, if you can get to the gym eight times out of every 10 that you're supposed to, that, that, that doesn't mean that you will not achieve your goals. Do you think over the last few months that I've hit every gym session on the head or not eaten cake on the kids' birthdays or, or whatever? Of course I have. You have to live. You have to enjoy your life and, and forget about perfection because that's just stopping you from getting started.
0: Yeah, I hear you with that. And it's often, I think it's important to reflect on that. Sometimes it, and this comes back to your concept of who are you and what do you want to be? Mm. Who, who are you now? Or maybe who do you want to be? Mm. And realize that sometimes a lot of the stuff you're carrying around isn't even yours. Yes. You know, they're, yeah. they're stories. You know, maybe somebody said something when you were young. Mm, younger mm. you know maybe a parent was angry and they said something or you got bullied at school or, or something mm. like that or, or generational beliefs or the environment you grew up in there's just so much at play here and i think that's one of the sides that i i've always believed that the mm-hmm. the health sector the health and fitness sector is not really looked at it, you yes. know it's all being well okay so you want to lose weight so you've got to do this well why did they gain rate in the first place yes you yes, know, yes. Well, why-
1: yeah there's 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 a lot more to it there's this this is the thing with emotion isn't it and um you say that you say there about identity so in terms of who are you now and who do you want to be i'm i'm a believer your identity doesn't change okay so dependent on your external uh show yeah Mm -hmm. so i've always known from from a personal perspective i've always known I was, I was conscious of health and fitness. I, that is an integral part of my, my identity from a young age. And there have been times in my life where I have let my standards slip in terms okay. of my own self-care. I don't think my identity ever changed. I think I had an identity crisis when I had Q because society and the media tell you, This is the role of a dad in the Mm -hmm. modern day. It's acceptable to be overweight. It's acceptable to work 60 hours a week to provide for them. All, all rhetorics that I would strongly, strongly question and would actually say, are making men not feel empowered, not feeling like they belong, making them feel excluded because I remember thinking, well, that's not me. So where do I fit into this role of a dad in the modern world? Mm-hmm. So identity in that, in that respect is maybe flexible to a degree, but I don't, I don't think it ever totally changes. Yeah, when it, when it comes to that,
0: that identity, you can have a lot of that identity crisis when you are surrounded by narratives of what you should be or what oh, yeah. you should look like. And like, I reflected upon this a while back Certainly on the other side of things, when I get really skinny and stuff, and it was like, well, I just didn't want people to notice me. Mm. And, I, and that, was, that was when I found that out, that that was yeah. driving it. It was like, well, no, actually, I, I do. Yes. And you know what happened the moment I said I do want to be noticed? The weight came back.
1: Yes, yes. It is, it's funny, well, not funny, but maybe a bit scary about how our thought processes align with our bodies and our body composition of what we believe we are or what we believe we're seeking. And sometimes what we tell ourselves that we're seeking as well. Um, In my experience, I would say that putting on the weight since having the kids did become a bit of a comfort blanket Mm -hmm. because I think that was part of this identity crisis that I was experiencing because I felt then perhaps that I was doing what I was told I should be doing. You know, okay. you, you, you read this stuff about, oh, you know, the dad bod is a, is a sign of being down to earth and caring for your family and putting their needs above yours. And I thought, like, what a load of crap. But it is isn't it? It's advocating being unhealthy. It's not helpful. Most dads find themselves there because they don't sleep properly for months. They fall yeah. completely out of routine. They feel guilty for taking personal time for themselves to go and work out or go for their morning run or the the There's no real support in society. I don't think for dads as in the same way there is for mums. This is the
0: maternity
1: Mm -hmm. and paternity debate which is still raging and probably always will so i don't think that men and dads feel that same support and i think it's interesting what you say there as well about being being skinny being thin this is why i touched on it earlier about the the opposite side of this Mm. debate the dad bod is that when when i put on all the weight across uh, having the kids and it was consistent weight gain really for years once or twice i've sorted myself out a bit but not massively and lots and lots of people like to point that out to you and it's often the people closest to you so certain family members you know i used to get some digs and then when i most recently lost all the weight and we were back on the road we did a tour of england to go and see family i was being told by those same people oh, look how skinny you are, mm. by the same people. yeah. So something triggered in my head then, and people speak about this a lot. They say, oh, people project their insecurities onto you and that sort of thing, and that is, that is true. But have you experienced that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Before, you, before you tell everyone else this and say, oh, that's what it is, have yeah. you actually experienced that? Because there is a light bulb that goes off in that moment where you think, Do you know what? I don't even need to say anything to you because we both know in this moment who is the one that is feeling a bit uncomfortable. And it's not mm-hmm. me. And the thing is, Ash, I'm still, I'm still like nearly 14 stone. I'm not skinny, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I'm healthier. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, it was uh, it, that, that was interesting because in that moment I felt quite empowered and I thought, yeah, well. It it kind of justified all the times that those people would call me fat, and I thought, well, I can now see that was a problem within yourself.
0: Yeah, I hear you with that. In any moment like that, when when somebody's saying something about you directly, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of interpretations for that. I mean, it, obviously, like you said, that's that reflection of that. That's where projecting how they feel, and sometimes I think it's also. They're delivering a message.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's something that you need to look at. Maybe not what they're saying, but like you said in that that light bulb moment, it's like, this ain't about me, is it? No. <laughs> and I no. have a choice to how, how I receive that information. Yes. I can just like go, I'm good with this. Yes. You know, and, and, and I had that same realization for myself. It's like, what's it to you what I weigh? Yes. I'm good. Yes. You know. Yes. I got I got a bit of a cold pitch the other day from somebody in, in your sector and I said, mate, A, I don't care about muscle mass. Mm. B, I'm happy with my weight. I'm good, mate. I really I'm not your ideal client. So let's yeah. just dismiss that right now. Yeah. it's like, well, that's me told him. Well yes. <laughs> you came in with a direct approach, so you got a direct answer back, you know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and like I said, I totally relate and resonate what you're saying about that empowerment. Mm. Because it really is empowering, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. You truly own who you are and what you are in that moment. Yes. Oh, totally. And this is why when we speak about body confidence, and I say it's very hard to nail down because it does mean different things to different people. And there are, I mean, if you you said certain celebrities, uh, I won't name any names, but I'm sure you could think of one or two men, big men that are confident and they Mm. own it. And it's like, I respect that. Like, I love that in the same way that I hugely respect people that are super fit because of the hard work and effort they've put in to be that way. They weren't born that way. Mm. They've done years and years of training. So I think it just means something different to everybody. And yeah. I feel then that that true confidence comes from that true identity, which mm. is in there or in there. Yeah, Absolutely absolutely i think that's
0: like you said it's it's so empowering when you when you make that realization it's like you know what i'm good yes i'm good i mean one
1: one thing i would say is that i i still personally would not consider myself in that place where i would say i'm good okay you know i am still on this journey and Mm -hmm. i think that that is what gives me I'll say authority, for lack of a better word, but I think that's what gives me authority to speak about this in the way I'm speaking it and coach others in that sphere because I am still there. Like, don't think just because I've lost 30 kilos in the last few months that I'm now thinking that, that, I'm, that I'm epic, like I'm some, you know, beach model. Like, no, like, far from it. I am still there. I'm still there. I'm still... Trying daily to improve my body image, to mm-hmm. but that's because I've suffered with that since I was young.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and And these are things that I have addressed and I'm continuing to address as I grow, for the sake of my children, because yeah. i don't I don't want them to bear the same burdens that I did. I, I want them to be empowered that no matter what they look like, if they're happy and confident. but we as dads. Well, parents, but I'll say dads from this perspective, we have a duty to put that within our kids and they mirror us when you like it or not, good, bad, and ugly, they mirror it. So take responsibility. If you don't want history to repeat itself as I don't with my family, my parents, I have to own this and I have to go to those depths to make sure that those kids don't yeah i hear you with that i've had that conversation recently with
0: my uh, i don't have kids personally but i've had this mm. conversation with my sister and and uh, uh hover off mm. about 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 our sassy little niece sister <laughs> their daughter and that and we were talking quite a lot about this like we were talking about education and stuff and i did advise you know my brother-in-law back off a bit here mate mm. let it be mm. she's 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 good Yes, it's like you can't read certain phonics mm. shit
1: yeah it doesn't matter, she's mate. good
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's yeah. good yeah she's smarter than all of us put together she's yeah. good yeah you know? yeah yeah and i just wanted to come back and reflect a little bit on what you were saying about that and, and as as a dad your journey and stuff because i know uh we talked about this over on linkedin the once um when, when you started when you came back on and you started mm. talking about your journey and, and the impact it was having on your kids mm. and how they observed and saw what you were doing mm. and it creates a like you said a real powerful image doesn't it it's like well look, he's looking after himself and it, it kind of encouraged them to
1: explore different things as, as well right yeah, we've we've had a lot of that really in the last few months, and funnily enough, just in the last week or so, it's something that has uh, become a little more obvious in the household because my eldest, who's now six, um, is starting to say things about certain foods, asking, "Is that is that good for you?" or "If I have one of these, is that bad for me?" and and those sorts of things, and I think one thing I really focus on is not saying that one thing is good and one thing is bad because Mm. again that depends on the volume of it you're consuming or when you're consuming it or for what purpose you're consuming it exercise is the key thing really here because the boys are the boys are very active our daughter's very young she's only two but the boys are really extremely active and they show a lot of interest in sports and you know, running and climbing and, and all that sort of thing. So when, when I exercise at home, which is, is not that often now, to be fair, not like when we were on the road, obviously it was all the time. So now we, we use a gym, the boys go to the leisure center, swimming, all that sort of thing, and they are starting to take an active interest. And this is like what I say about kids mirroring their environment or mirroring their role models, because Mm -hmm. We, I think we really easily overlook the fact that they are becoming mini versions of us. You, if Mm. you swear around children too often, what will they do? They start to pick up those words. And I've noticed that when I think back to say the, say with, with food, the portion sizes that I used to eat. So we didn't necessarily eat badly, but the volume of what I was eating and then I look at the the portion sizes I was giving to the kids. Yeah. They were they were too big. Yeah. When you when you go through that process of understanding, like really understanding in terms of the nutritional quality of that food and the portion sizes that I needed. And then you realise, wow, I was just subjecting my kids to the same fate yeah. as what I endured. They now they they'll play like an active role in like maybe exercising, maybe trying to copy what I do, uh, which is which is just lovely to see, mate. Because you know I'm not I'm, I'm not going to like ever force them into anything, and you know drop and give me ten and all that sort of. But um, boot camp, but yeah, boot camp, yeah, Daddy boot camp, that's right, yeah. But it's um, it's just great to see them showing an interest, and I and I think I think we have that responsibility for the future generation because especially these day day and age technology, fast food, lots and lots of inactive jobs. Um, There is actually no need to be active. And I think specifically for men, I think that's a problem because our biology by nature, we are hunter-gatherer. Yeah. We are more aggressive. We are bigger and stronger. And we are, we are protectors and providers. Mm-hmm. And I read a fantastic study about the reduction in generations' um, testosterone levels. That doesn't surprise me, yeah. And testosterone uh, in the body being, a, being stimulated by this, uh, you know, fight, fight or flight moments, um, mm-hmm. adrenaline, aggression, all that sort of thing. We now live in a society where we don't, where we don't have to do that. So testosterone replacement therapy is majorly on the increase. But what was, what was most interesting was the links between testosterone levels and men's mental health. And I would would like to see that maybe investigated and brought to the fore by someone far more intelligent than I am. And with more knowledge of the subject who could actually compose some sort of proper study to actually lay out the bare data, but. I think we overlook the role of a man is changing against nature. And then we wonder why men's mental health is continually suffering. Male suicide is increasing. Exercise, being active, it, uh, it stimulates your body to a point where it put, it, it puts it under stress. And, and this is, this is the same as, as a, like a natural response to mm. as nature intended. Sure. No, I
0: totally get that. As you probably know, I used to be in education Mm -hmm. and I was really interested uh, as part of my studies and my research. I looked at early learning development, developmental stages, Mm -hmm. and I became very interested in how boys um, respond to the education Mm -hmm. um, system. And like you said, boys are naturally... Again, I know these are sweeping generalizations, but they're naturally more inclined to move around, be active, go and explore, pick stuff up. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this safe? Is this not okay? Mm-hmm. And generally, from a young age, they're told to sit down, Right? no, don't move up. That's bad. Yes. Now, you factor in if one of these kids have got, you know, like ADHD as well, they ain't sitting down. No. <laughs> No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. They don't want to sit down. No. So from a young age, again, I think this, this, this role of man, and and also I know there's been massive economic changes and societal changes regarding that as well. Mm. Some of them very much needed in the, in my opinion, but others from a young age, we're told that it's bad to mm-hmm. do things that are more maybe we're naturally inclined to do.
1: Yes. Yeah which is a, a problem with the education system, isn't it, really? Or, may, or perhaps society as a whole, because funnily enough, I did actually sp- speak to somebody uh, about ADHD and um, about how his mind processed certain things and about this sort of, shall we say, inability to, you know, to sit still, to not be active. That's how they wanted to learn. They wanted to learn and be more active. They learned in different ways by being more active hands on and that sort of thing now, kids love to run and climb and um they 're very active like they 're very inquisitive mm. by nature, and yeah, I think that that oftentimes we try to restrict that and this this can also be true of their willingness to learn. We can yeah. often restrict them into a certain path or subject or this is the answer you know this is what it is and Mm. that just isn't the case and I think encouraging kids from a young age to let them just be active just be outdoors just climb yeah if they fall they fall if they you wouldn't stop your kid from learning to ride a bike in case they fell off you know it's a similar sort of thing and one thing that really fascinates me and I probably am going to start to build this into my own um my own sort of training or as I try to progress my own mobility and understanding of my body. The way that kids move, yeah, in terms of how easily they squat down, how they crawl around, how they run around on all fours. You know, yeah. these these crazy ways in which they can climb and use their own body. And we lose that as we get older because we're pushed into a classroom or a seated classroom. Environment for massive, massive parts of the day. Um, so encouraging that activity in kids, being a role model for them and allowing them to be free and express themselves is is immensely important for their, their, their health and their physical well-being as they grow up.
0: Oh, massively. Again, I think it all starts at such a young age and it would prevent a lot of stuff. I really do believe that. Mm. I know even for me, as an adult i mean this is the first time in my life that i've had effectively an office job Mm -hmm. and i've really had to adjust my office as a result of that Mm -hmm. i've got a standing desk because i was sitting down it was hurting yes and my my hips got super tight yes it was uncomfortable and that impacted my back so so i think again encouraging this movement and stuff you're doing actions certain actions Mm -hmm. and how that becomes a habit and it can become a bad habit or it can be a habit that facilitates something that is more beneficial for you. Yeah. So
1: why are habits
0: so important when it comes to kind of personal health?
1: Yeah, well, bad habits, or should we say unhealthy habits, are often formed because they're easy. So this is like what we said about the fitness industry with the uh, the, the quick fixes. They're, they're very easy, aren't they? So mm-hmm. smoking, if you want to start smoking, You go and buy a packet of cigarettes and you light it up. If you're addicted to smoking and you want to stop smoking, not so easy to form the habit of not smoking. Same with food. If you want to eat unhealthily, you want to eat convenience food, you you go on your phone these days and put your order in and it's at your door within half an hour. If you want to break that cycle of eating poorly, well, that requires some conscious thoughts, some conscious effort. So... The power of habits is is huge, and it's forming for me the associations, so the habitual associations and often that comes down to location so I wrote a piece about this um, habitual location association, so yeah, this could be um, let's let's say working from home I'm sure lots and lots of people will get that now if you. Uh, you work at home, but you don't have a specific space that you work in. Mm -hmm. One day you're at the table, one day you're in the bedroom, one day you're downstairs, one day you're upstairs, one day you're out in the garden. Lots and lots of people can struggle to be productive because they don't have that location association. But if you have a home office where your environment is tailored then to what it is that you're trying to do, far easier to be productive. So... This could be the habit of, um, let's say, starting to exercise. Let's say you don't want to go to a gym, so that rules that location out. But you want to exercise at home, you want to start doing something. The key, just to start your process of forming that habit, choose your location and choose your time. Mm -hmm. So I I know that that can sometimes have to be flexible, especially with a family and work commitments and that, but choose your time and choose your place and just get there. Just get to that place at that time. What you do does not necessarily matter right at the beginning, whether it lasts for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour in the beginning, I'm, I'm not sure that matters so much, but form that habit of going there because when you form that habit. It, in the end, becomes something that simply has to happen in your day. It's Your day would feel broken without it happening. So you yeah. feel more anguish by not doing it than doing it. I hear you with that.
0: I hear you with that. James Clear's Atomic Habits, he talks about, there was one story he said about this one lady client of his where her habit became the getting in a cab to go to the gym
1: yes it was, that her, was the her, thing her gateway habit
0: that got her there mm. and then there was the guy that said right i'm just going to go to the gym for five minutes and that's, that's exactly it. what he did he went to the yes. gym for five minutes
1: yes yes and then Absolutely. he slowly
0: built up yes and that, i think that's important to mention as well isn't it there's this thing that's like okay well right now i'm doing zero exercise and tomorrow i'm going to run a marathon oh yeah yeah <laughs> You're setting yourself up for a failure right there yeah a, pain, a painful <laughs> one <laughs> oh, yes yes you know that i think it's important that that noticing the, those steps and as you've said multiple times like during the call fitting it into your lifestyle is super yes. important right
1: yes absolutely yeah i mean you make a good point there you, you can't go from naught to 100 overnight it's this principle of progressive overload um you have to start in a place where you can manage what you're doing you form the habit you form the habit of exercising and you progressively overload your body just ever so slightly (laughs) until you're building momentum but obviously everything everything comes in together with that it's it's not a case of just your body just doing it your food your mindset, the dynamic of your lifestyle has to, has to accommodate this as well. It's, it's holistic, isn't it? Massive. Like I say, progressive overload, it's about not rushing and just understanding that if you take the right steps with the right consideration for all aspects that affect it, that goal and beyond it is achievable. And probably in a shorter timescale than you, than you believe it to be. Sure
0: absolutely that absolutely that
1: love it love it so we,
0: we're just we're slowly but surely rushing towards the end of this call already so uh absolutely time flies yes. right so before we do that if any listeners out there any dads out there are looking for support with their yeah. with their health um how can you support
1: well at the moment i'm only on linkedin so i'm not using any other platforms so that's worth noting and that's saying only place you'll find me. The thing is, Dad, that I have walked in those shoes and I know where you are now. And I know that you might feel somewhat hesitant to come forward and actually ask for help. Because when you ask for help, you put it into a public space where you are exposed and vulnerable to the opinions of other people. But. If you are looking to be healthier, more active, set those good examples for your family so that your children don't grow up forming the same unhealthy habits as you have, which I think we all want. We all want our children to be better versions of ourselves. Hmm. Then just reach out to me. Let's just have a chat and let's just try and understand. First of all, if we'd be a good fit to work together, um. And just talk about being a dad and find some common ground because um, we all need that support and, and often we need to feel found, Ash, don't we? Absolutely. You know, I think there's, there's this thing in the fitness industry, nine times out of 10, you will be seeking out some help or some advice and you will see somebody giving this advice who you know damn well has never walked in your shoes. Yeah. Yeah, they might never have been a parent. They might never have been overweight or underweight, for that matter. They they look it. They look what we would perceive as immaculate, and you just think, oh, it's, it's almost intimidating to, to to go and speak to somebody like that. So that's why, like we said at the start, it's so important for me. It's experience, like I have been there, and, and that I can emotionally connect to that. And there's no judgment, there's no pressure, there's just, can we improve these areas of your life? Can we form these habits together in a sustainable way that fits your family dynamic?
0: Love it, mate. Love it. And that, oh, that almost feels like we're going we're gonna, to, you, you guys are going to get like millions of these now, because we've already <laughs> dished out some. Right, but yeah. my last question, as always, is going to be, what is your espresso shot of confidence for our listeners? And I already feel like you've dished out some more. So no um, pressure. Can, can we I have say? one more?
1: I've got <laughs> a good, I've got a good one, mate. I've got a good one. And this goes for everything in life. Make it fun. Okay. Make it fun. If you, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. Simple. And I know what I said earlier about elite athletes, and they have to do it anyway. We cannot categorize ourselves in that band, okay? They deserve massive respect for where they are, but you have to make it fun. And oftentimes you find that um, a meal plan or an exercise plan is so regimented. And after a few weeks, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, I just, I'm bored. It's an effort. I'm trying my best. You know, it's not fitting my life. What's wrong with, in your week, Let's say you want to exercise at home one day. Oh, there's a spin class at the gym or there's a group workout class on the beach or in the park or whatever. Make it fun. And also connect, try and connect with like minds. Like I'm a huge believer that all different aspects of your life, not everybody in your life has to be involved with all those things. Yeah. You you have to have, uh, to, to coin a phrase, a foxhole you have to create a foxhole if exercise is your thing losing weight sorry create your foxhole find light minds keep it fun keep it light you know you you want to do this forever you want to do this into into old age like to an extent to keep yourself mobile and healthy you don't so you're not popping 10 pills a day like my dad was you know it's, that scares yeah. me man like I to, hate. To, so just keep it fun that's my advice keep it fun and um find those like minds it'll it'll just makes everything oh, easier
0: i love that mate i mean geez literally every single call i've had today different context mm. but it's all come down to that yeah make it fun yeah so that absolutely. is absolutely awesome that's that's today's theme of the day people make it fun yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> let's have it so thank you so much for your time, mate, and sharing your, your wealth of knowledge on this subject and being so vulnerable and, and willing to share that as well. So thank you so much for that.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure, Ash. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolute
0: pleasure. And thank you to you, our awesome listeners, wherever you are in the universe. And before we ride off into the sunset, remember to like or subscribe this, wherever you are listening or watching this, to get notifications of future episodes. And as always, don't forget to be awesome.